Hello, my name is Ken, and I want to welcome you back to Deep Waters. This podcast is brought to you by Applied Strengths Ministry, where we believe working together in our strengths is the effect of working out the will and calling of God in our lives. The title of this message is Church Purpose. This is Series 2, Episode 15 of 28. Hopefully you had a great, whatever amount of time span in between the messages you had, time. Remember, application fortifies knowledge and helps you to retain the principles of God in your spirit and your mind. If you fill your head too full of knowledge, I have heard that your ears will throw up. Okay, so I never heard that, but I still think it's true. Let's start off with some self-denial, shall we? I can't preach and teach doesn't work when you were called to do so under the gift and anointing of the Holy Spirit. To change the meaning of this scripture is ridiculous, and yet it works. So many have been told that the Holy Spirit is not for today. And instead of seeking and confirming for themselves, they sit in a chair-shaped coffin and listen to another dead-on-dead message. Keep in mind that you can only cast out demons, deal with the devil, and set people free from bondage by a spirit that is greater than the spirit causing all the ruckus. No Holy Spirit? Then you daily get to watch your neighbor, your family, co-workers struggle with something you could have easily dealt with if you operated in the Holy Spirit. What we have done in the absence of the Holy Spirit is become prescriptionists. Yes, I made that up. Hey man, what's your gifting? Oh, I'm a prescriptionist. What ails you today? Didn't Peter say silver and gold I do not have, but I have some Tylenol? So take two in the morning so your butt doesn't get so sore tomorrow as you remain in the state that I found you in. Nope, he didn't say that. See for yourself. Acts 3.6 Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together, and had all things in common, and sold their possessions and goods, and divided them among all, as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily, those who were being saved. Now think of that. They were in the house eating bread, and God was adding to the church. We spend more time trying to add to the church and less time hanging out having bread with one another. I don't think that's the right way to do it. Without the Holy Spirit, your possessions possess you. You see, you must have a greater reason to offload your possession weights than to hold on to them as if you were taking them with you. Everything about Jesus is a greater reason. Imagine, as I have to in order to actually see it, if all Christians actually did the book of Acts today. No, really. Imagine prophetically if all of us just got into the revelation that God is real and that Jesus will come back and any and all things will melt in the fire. Houses, cars, vacation homes, retirements, piles of silver and gold, pictures, antiques, collectible plates and baseball cards. Everything has an expiration date in this world. Acts 4.4 However, many of those who heard the word believed, and the number of the men came to be about 5,000. What would you give for an instant megachurch? In one sermon, they filled a small stadium with believers. I won't ask you to speak to how many sermons it has taken to win one authentically born-again believer who is actually being equipped for the work of ministry, so that as a disciple, he or she remains 
is on fire and producing fruit in abundance. In this specific scripture, I simply want to show what happens to the community when the Christians operate in the power of the Holy Spirit as they live and breathe the gospel. Note that the New Testament church had a respect from the community that is not seen much these days. Not from those who openly persecute the church, but from those who are what I call the in-betweeners, those who may very well be being saved. It is for those that the gospel message needs to go out. Let's look at what happens when God takes his throne on earth. I'm speaking of the Holy Spirit. Acts 5, 1-14 But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession. And he kept back part of the proceeds, his wife also being aware of it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit, and to keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? While it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not in your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. Then Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and breathed his last. So great fear came upon all those who heard these things. And the young men rose and wrapped him up, carried him out and buried him. Now it was about three hours later when his wife came in not knowing what had happened. And Peter answered her, Tell me whether you sold the land for so much. She said, Yes, for so much. Then Peter said to her, How is it that you have agreed together to test the Spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. Then immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. And the young men came in and found her dead, and carried her out, buried her by her husband. So great fear came upon all the church and upon all those who heard these things. It is interesting to note, before I move on, that Peter asked her why she agreed with her husband. Listen, women, if your husband is off, you might want to get some help. You don't have to agree with him, otherwise you'll lie in the ground with him. Of course not with every decision that he makes, it's bad. But there are some that could cost you everything. Verse 12, And through the hands of the apostles many signs and wonders were done among the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Yet none of the rest dared join them, but the people esteemed them highly. Imagine that, as I interrupt this scripture reading, that none of the rest dared join them. In today's church, we would go after them and say, Hey, no, come on back. Don't be afraid. Verse 14, and believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women. Acts 6.3 Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. John 16.7.11 Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, says Jesus, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart... I will send him to you, and when he has come, he will convict the world of sin, and of righteousness, and of judgment, of sin because they do not believe in me, of righteousness because I go to my Father, and you see me no more, of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. To be clear, 
The church purpose is to equip the saints for the work of ministry while they operate in and through the Holy Spirit in love, serving in the faith and grace of God. Okay, so we come to the scripture that is so often ignored and, well, left on the sidelines to watch us fail and flail. It instructs us all, and surely we will be judged and set up in the kingdom of God based on our effectiveness in obeying its directive. Ephesians 4, 11, 16 is the office gifts from Jesus. The gifts of the Father can be found in Romans 12, 6, 8, and the gifts of the Holy Spirit can be found in the neighboring scripture, 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 13. But more on that later. But right here and for now, we look at this rich body of evidence and instruction. Ephesians 4, 11, 16. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love, may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together, by what every joint supplies, according to the effect of working, by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying itself in love. You know, I could actually build an organization based on this model right here, and nobody would ever be able to touch it or compete with it. I just don't know why we're not following this instruction to the best of our ability. Some get it in part, I understand, but if we actually did this thing, we wouldn't be where we're at. I believe that with all my heart. So to be more clear here, we must end this episode. I know, I know, right? Remember, it's not what you find wrong or disagree with regarding these messages, but what you can take away from it. Together we can do more to impact the kingdom than if we work alone. Let's flip the script to kill, still, and destroy the works of the enemy and create space for the light of lights to shine through into people's lives. Plant a seed and click on the like and subscribe button. Let's build this ministry together. Thanks and see you next time in deep water.